This episode discusses domestic violence, assault, suicide, anxiety, and depression. If any of these topics are triggering for you, I do advise not listening to this episode. And if you or anyone you know needs assistance, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. you. How dare you? Why can't I see that? Yes, we've never had a real life diva. Warning. Says, who does he think he is? I have some dirt. Will you confirm or deny? Maybe you should have Warning. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, let, let's focus. From reality TV to real life, it's all just so dramatic with Megan Pistetto. Hey guys, I'm Megan Pistetto. Welcome to another episode of So Dramatic. I have another huge interview for you guys today with another Married at First Sight bride, Rebecca Zemek who we can all agree was by far the most controversial and outspoken bride of season eight. So you can be guaranteed that she's going to have a lot to say during this interview as well. Beck was portrayed as a villain on Married at First Sight and at times a brutally cold person, but there is another side of Beck that we didn't get to see. In this in-depth interview, Beck explains why she made those savage comments to her husband, Jake Edwards, and what was really going on between them behind the scenes during filming, including how Jake was a completely different guy to the Jake we saw on the show and behaved differently when the cameras were rolling, his secret contract and the lengths producers went to to protect his squeaky clean image and in return, tarnish Beck's. Beck lifts the lid on the producer tactics that led to her feeling unsafe, anxious, trapped and abused and how she tried to leave the show multiple times but wasn't allowed and was kept imprisoned on the show resulting in a decline of her mental health and being subsequently assaulted by her co-star Bryce Ruthven which producers also went to extreme lengths to cover up. Beck details the truth about what went down after filming, including that infamous New Year's Eve kiss with Booker and Jake, the shocking incident involving police in Perth, and what led to them finally ending their marriage. Plus, she reveals the shocking discovery she had after filming that Jake was hiding a secret girlfriend on the outside the whole time during Married at First Sight, who has since reached out to Beck and told her everything. Plus, Beck clears up that infamous kissing video involving her brother slash old burn that was played at the reunion and she reveals who he is and what their relationship status is now. Again, I have decided to split this interview into two parts. Beck actually canceled most of her media during her time on the show and she hasn't really addressed a lot of these things in full until now. And I know a lot of you are dying to hear what she has to say about it all. And you know me, I do not want to ever deprive you guys or leave anything on the cutting room floor like those crack smoking producers. So much drama, so little time, let's get into the show. Do not fight amongst yourselves. Please come to me. So will you confirm or deny? At least you're honest with me. So exclusive. I am joined in the studio today with season eight bride, Beck Zemek. Hey, Beck. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? Oh, yeah, look, I'm a bit nervous, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Is this like your first interview? Because you didn't do a lot of media during the show. You pulled out of most of it, didn't you? Yeah, I pulled out of a fair bit of it. Watching, I guess, the show made it quite frustrating for me to want to wake up at five in the morning and jump on the radio and, you know, express how I was truly feeling. My mental health was quite shot, to be honest. So I did pull out of a bit as well as when producers knew that they had kind of screwed me around. They actually took my voice away from me and pulled me out of media without my consent. But yeah, this is my first full interview that I'm actually doing. Welcome. When you say that they pulled you out of media, was that the day after the reunion aired? Uh, No. So I decided to pull myself out of that one. However, for example, when they aired the revealing of Liam being bisexual, I was quite vocal in the sense of how they decided to portray that as like a bombshell and, you know, I was, I guess, very vocal around just the way they kind of displayed certain behavior and I didn't find it appropriate in the 21st century. They did, when they aired that Liam thing, they did really make it look like you were shocked. Like they put a frame of your face, your jaw dropping to the floor. Is that not how it went down? 
Yeah, it was actually quite loud in the wedding. We could hardly hear each other and I'd already gone up and spoken to Liam and Georgia, but it didn't quite make the storyline, you know, me being just happy and introducing myself. So they ended up coming over and we had to pretend it was like the first time we met them. I couldn't even hear what was happening down the other end of our table. There was that much noise. So it wasn't as if I was surprised, you know, at all when he said that he was a bisexual. I really missed him saying it. Was anyone else surprised? Because I know Patrick looked pretty surprised as well. I think Patrick was probably a little surprised, but not in a bad way at all. Borker and I were having issues around the way the boys were making inappropriate gestures towards each other at the wedding. And to find out he was bisexual, I think it just enhanced our frustration towards Brett and Jake and their behaviour. Oh, what do you mean? What were they're they pretty, doing? Oh, they're just, they're just mocking. Before they knew that Liam was bisexual or after? Yeah, they were, they were making dick jokes and I guess inappropriate sex talk. Jake was even putting, you know, the flower petals from the ground on his penis and making very inappropriate part yeah it was just their it was their way of just having their boy banter and taking the piss out of sexuality isn't something that you know aligns with my values and it kind of rubbed me up the wrong way and wait they did this after (laughs) they knew he was bisexual uh this was during the entire wedding before they knew he was bisexual um however they as soon as they did find out they wanted to defend themselves straight away thinking that their behavior was okay yeah that's not good well, good on you guys for standing up for Liam. Mm. God knows he needs it. Let's start with how did you end up on Married at First Sight? Like, did you apply or did they headhunt you? No, yeah. So I was headhunted. I'm still not really sure how it all kind of unfolded for myself. However, when I got told, you know, we'd love to have you if you're interested, let us know what kind of guy you're after. I just started writing a list, you know, great <laughs> dream man. Here's what I want. Come back to me. And I think I wrote things down, to be honest, of what I actually wanted in a guy. And they got back to me and said, like, we have the perfect partner for you. Uh, And that's when I was like, you know what, let's do it. And I think two weeks after that, I was um, jetting out to Sydney. Oh, my God. Only two weeks. That's crazy. Yeah. So two weeks and then two weeks of quarantine and then we'll film Oh, my God. Hmm. And what did you um, ask for? Like, what were the things that you asked for? Were the things that you asked for in Jake? A a fair bit of it was in Jake. The main things I did want was someone who I felt was extremely authentic and genuine, someone with serious banter and that can handle mine because my banter game is pretty strong. (laughs) And just a great, a great smile. And that doesn't come from appearance. It comes from you know when I guess people have that like sparkle in their eyes when they smile and they generally. I think laughter to me is the universal language. Like no matter what language you speak or where you're from, everyone understands laughter. And that's where I think the smile comes from. Someone who's just always happy-go-lucky. So on the wedding day when you saw him, I don't know if this was just how it was edited or I want to hear from you if it was actually how you were feeling on the day, but you made quite a few savage comments about Jake not being who you had asked for. For example, you said that he, what was it you thought? He felt like you were sex on a stick and he was biting his nails, not wearing a tie, all of that sort of stuff. Can you explain those comments and why you said them? And if that is how it kind of went down on the day? Look, I don't think I can even articulate the pressure, anxiety and the fear that overcomes you on your wedding day. And I think we've seen it from other weddings that it's extremely overwhelming. Like I think Booker was even in tears before she walked down the aisle. I was feeling like I was going to vomit. It's unlike anything I've experienced in my life. And I guess when in that headspace and things start to go wrong, which they did for me from the moment I woke up and you add in the fact that, you know, my support network isn't present and I'm feeling like isolated and alone, my defense walls do come up. I have like a, like everyone, you know, fight or flight mode. And part of how my brain works to protect me is to identify any potential signs that, you know, I may be entering a situation that may cause me pain or hurt. Yeah, it's how I protect myself from experiencing it anymore. And it can be, I guess it can appear like I'm nitpicking or being over the top, but all I can go off is my past experiences and understanding of how men treat women. So I guess my experience is that men have treated me badly and have hurt me badly in the past. And that's all I know. And this is why I was single before I went on the show. When I look for warning signs and try to stop myself from being harmed again, I will nitpick. And I also have spidey senses, I reckon. I feel like when I met Jake, my gut was just off. I didn't feel like I had this 
genuine warm person that would enjoy banter with me. And I'd just been told for the last two weeks, you know, how excited are you for your wedding? Cause we've got this dream guy. So I guess in my mind, I already thought like, great, like this is going to be everything I wish and hope for. And as soon as the day started to cave from the moment I woke up, I, I got put in a situation where I, I was in flight or fight mode. Now in saying that the nitpicky things that I said, I didn't mean for them to be an insult. I did see good in Jake. And, you know, this was the first time I'd met him and been pulled away straight away to actually talk about him. And the only thing there was to talk about at that stage was appearance. We have our first like one-on-one, I guess, interview. We call them Voxies. You're asked about 50 questions. And that is what I guess they've put on TV. A few seconds of a few comments that I did make. Around his sex on the stick comment, they were asking me about how I felt with him wolf whistling at me. It's not how I felt overall with how Jake had treated me in any sense at all and everyone that knows me I always speak with metaphors like I will try relate something to something uh, it's usually food <laughs> like it's usually like funny haha yeah I guess when you get that and you pull the context out of it you get a result like that same with even the nails it was something that I just noticed I wasn't saying it as something I disliked at all it was just amongst all the other things I noticed like his height and how he seemed nervous and you know how lovely his vows were so I guess the comments that they decided to show really did paint an image of me thinking that he was not good enough, which was far from the truth. So did they almost take the comments you made out of context? Like, for example, did they ask you a question? How did you feel about him wolf whistling? And then they haven't showed the question they asked and they just played your answer? Yeah, absolutely. It's not like a fluid conversation that I'm having with them on how I'm feeling overall. So like a soundbite? Yeah, like a soundbite, 100%. So they will ask questions and I'd specifically answer those. Uh, But obviously no one sees what the question is. So it just looks like my train of thoughts, but it's actually on specific topics. So for example, even with the tie, my dad's in the defense force and they asked me things that I was noticing and it just came up as, you know, your dad's, you know, quite strict, this, that, the other. What would he think about Jake not wearing a tie? And I said, yeah, I noticed he wasn't wearing a tie. And then went on to obviously speak about how he would feel. But I even said, like, at the end of the day, I don't care. That's that's not what I'm here for. I'm not here for a tie. I'm here for a man. <laughs> so then they've just used that first part of your answer, basically, which we know that they do that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And even watching it, I I just knew straight away, like they were trying to paint me as high maintenance kind of chick. And that comes back from even the girls night where I think I sent through like nine outfits from home that I already had to wear. And I just kept getting the message back like, we want more. We want glam. Like this isn't good enough. And I was like, shit, what are other girls bloody wearing? So here I end up in this gorgeous green dress. I was pretty happy with the dress anyway. But as soon as I walked in, I was like, all right, I'm starting starting to feel like maybe there's a storyline to this and it's not quite all it seems. Oh my God, they'll like give us more. So then you walk in with like no undies and like a vagina splint dress. <laughs> Is this enough? <laughs> yeah, so I, I clicked on fast. Like my outfits aren't going to get approved unless I kind of give them what they want. So in that, like out of all three, when they chose the one with the splits, the splits weren't that big when I sent the picture. So unfortunately when the dress came, it was already approved. <laughs> there was no going back but um I'm someone who like loves to express who I am through my sexuality and my style and I'm not afraid to yeah walk in a room naked that's that's my confidence and my boundaries I guess so I found it quite interesting to see Mel the expert kind of gaslighting me when I did walk in mm. obviously we don't see experts say and I felt quite um shameful of what I wore just based on a comment through an expert saying that, you know, I'm wearing this dress to, you know, get back at my ex. Like, who are you? I did hear that comment and I did think it was a bit off for an expert and a woman to like criticize the outfit. It was a negative comment, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And the dress was not for Jake. It was for me. I felt hot. I thought I looked good. It was for no one else. You do you. So let's get into your experience on the show. What was it like overall? It felt like I had been taken away my freedom of speech, my rights. I've never felt so, I guess, out of control of my own life being on Married at First Act. So things seemed to get worse on the honeymoon after the wedding. We saw you rejecting the kiss from Jake, which was quite brutal. And the editing, I guess, made it seem like you just really were not into him at all. Can you talk us through what happened on the honeymoon? Yeah. So the amount of times they played the 
I guess me talking about rejecting this kiss and him trying to shove his tongue down my throat was just a joke. And like, I'm sure everyone knows by now, they make you rehash everything over and over and over till it's like toxically in your mind, just the only thing like that you feel like you're talking about, especially I guess the most frustrating thing watching back, especially for me is they didn't even show the footage of his tongue down my throat at all. All the couples at the end, before we go off to final vows, actually get to watch our wedding and they film us watching it. So we did get to see a little bit of how they had edited me to be quite cold. Uh, And as soon as it actually ended, Jake said to our producer, oh my gosh, I can actually see how you're going to portray this. And our producer straight away was like, yeah, but like overall you didn't like each other, but now you do. So it's okay. And we'd already picked up on a few things producers had done to manipulate our relationship throughout. We're far done by this point anyway. And she even said to us, like, how does it feel watching back Jake trying to shove his tongue down your throat? And it was actually Jake who jumped in and said, no, you've actually got the wrong kiss. This is not the kiss. Now, at that stage, we thought, all right, they'll just change the footage. You know, they'll go back and they'll actually go get the real footage. But obviously they didn't. But now looking back, why? It's because it actually just didn't fit the storyline to actually show him overcrossing my boundaries. The footage would have been so full on and I was very overwhelmed after it. It actually happened on our wedding day and it was from that moment I did find Jake to be quite disingenuous uh, and it made me feel overall like he was acting in front of the cameras. So that obviously led to day two, which was our honeymoon and me rejecting his kiss. So obviously just talking through this, we'd been told to run through our accommodation at the honeymoon, all excited, you know, wow, day one, let's have sex. (laughs) So we run through our accommodation, all excited. There's chocolates in our bedroom. I freaking love food. I get way (laughs) too excited over this. I bite one in half and go to feed him the other half. Now, as I go to do this, he pulls his head away, shuts his mouth, looks at me and then puts his hand out. And I was like, "Mm, that's a very weird way to reject someone, but no worries. And then we end up outside and this is where the cameras have now set up across the pool. And it just feels really awkward. It's awkward that he's rejected this chocolate. He's, he's acting weird. And then as soon as the camera's set up, he goes in for this kiss and I pull away. And I just want to make it like, I guess, really clear. At the end of the day, like no matter what, if I rejected a kiss or not, and it was brutal in some people's eyes, I'm actually entitled to pull away from someone trying to kiss me. Totally. Um, no one should feel like they are obliged or compelled to be physical on any level with someone if they don't want to be. And I still stand by my decision to not kiss someone who I did not want to kiss. Even if you had kissed him before and you guys were being romantic, if you didn't want to kiss him in that moment, that's still your consent to give, you know, if you want to do it in that moment or not. Yeah, absolutely. My reasons for not wanting to kiss him are those reasons, but they're no one's business. And the fact that I'm even feeling like I need to justify myself here is quite upsetting. I didn't want to do it. I said no, and no should be enough. There doesn't need to be reasons behind my decision to say no. Go girl. But you are saying that when you rejected the kiss, he had rejected you first. And then you said when the cameras were on, he was all of a sudden wanting to kiss you. So are you saying that you felt like as soon as the cameras were on, he was acting a little bit different to what had happened behind closed doors. Yeah, absolutely. I was feeling this even with the conversation that flowed on our wedding day. It just was quite structured. And every time Jake responded, it seemed to me just he was responding with the answer he thought people would want to hear rather than giving an authentic answer. So I had my spider senses on from like day one. I was <laughs> I was cold because I was literally in flight, well, trying to get into flight mode, like get me out of here, but I couldn't leave. So that obviously turned into fight mode in me. And I wish that never happened, but that's obviously in hindsight. I never wanted to be cold towards Jake. That's just how I felt at the time. And yeah, I guess people seeing glimmers of results of that throughout the show. So it was like your body's way of saying, this isn't right for me kind of thing, giving you that sixth sense of telling you, no, this isn't the situation you want to be in. 100%. I think I went into the experiment knowing myself. I knew my boundaries. I knew what I wanted in a relationship. And I also knew my hard boundaries, what I would and absolutely would not tolerate. So I guess when those started getting crossed and I was going with how my gut was feeling, I was giving Jake the real, I guess my real feelings. And I was being as authentic as I could around everything that was happening. I even had discussions with him about the on-camera, off-camera Jake that I was getting. It would be him sitting down telling me he wants to spend time with me. 
And as soon as the camera finishes rolling, he'd be nowhere to be seen. Oh, wow. So he was always just on whenever the cameras were rolling. Yeah. And it was quite hard to have conversations because I never knew what I was going to get from him when we were sitting on camera. It was frustrating. It made my blood boil at stages and I just couldn't pick my head around it. Everything he said to me on camera was like, things that you'd want to hear that would make a great relationship. However, off camera, I was getting, you know, completely different situations thrown at me. It was actually a detriment to how I was portrayed because I was here covering up things that I guess I had to comply with. So the storyline made sense. Do you think when you say it was Jake was acting different on camera and off camera, do you think that was producers in his ears saying you need to behave in this way? Or do you think that was him being self-aware that he was being recorded? I think it was him being self-aware of him him being recorded. And I think that's why our relationship never took off authentically because there was no authenticity from the get-go. Because I do remember you saying quite a few times that he was acting different on camera and you were like, I want to see the real Jake. Is that what those comments were in relation to? A hundred percent. That's all it was. I seen glimmers of it when he was off camera and I actually really enjoyed that Jake, but I only ever seen tiny bits of that. And yeah, it was quite frustrating when we'd get on camera. Mm. It was, it was hard. Can you give us some examples of like those times where you said that you felt like your character, it was detrimental to your character when you had to kind of protect him, I guess, in those situations? Was there any like specific moments that you remember? Yeah, well, there's actually quite a few, but I think the main one comes from, I guess, the situation I had with the executive producer. Long story short, Jake had done something a bit shithouse and I was asked to, I guess, either not acknowledge it on camera or to fabricate information in order to comply with that storyline. And in hindsight, I can see now that storyline had already been pretty much written for us. So I complied with the request from Tara, who's the exec producer, to cover up certain situations that occurred. And I agreed to stay in the experiment when I wanted to leave for countless reasons that were never shown or made the final cut. And I did this because I was trying to cooperate and demonstrate that I was grateful for the opportunity to be there. And I know how many people apply for the show. I know how unique my experience of getting to even be there was. And I felt like I owed it to production and Tara and Jake to comply with their requests and be helpful in that sense. God, um, it sounds like a job description, complying with the request. Doesn't yeah, sound well, like a show the, where you're on there to meet the love of your life, you know? No, and I found that, I guess I found that out very fast through my experience. And when I say the detriment to my own character, I was, I guess, feeling frustrated at the actions that Jake had decided to take, yet on camera, um, expressing them in different words of what actually happened. So what were the things when you say you were covering up his behavior? What do you mean by that? Yeah, look, I don't really want to get in into it. You know, it, they decided not to air it and it's only going to detriment Jake's character going forward if I was. However, there was m- numerous occasions where I think, I guess, alcohol was involved and boundaries were crossed and it put me in a position where I had to cover up this story and Unfortunately, they decided not to show it to the Australian viewer. However, they showed the unedited versions of the commitment ceremonies to my mother and brother. Oh, is that in the Meet the Parents video where your mum was quite harsh to Jake? So she saw everything that was going on that we didn't get to see. Yeah. So poor mum got to watch three of the unedited commitment ceremonies of what was actually going on in Jake and my relationship. And like any mother would do, with the things that I guess were expressed on the couch, she decided to defend me. And I can take any trolling that's happening like towards me. However, I don't know where the, the line gets drawn, especially with Channel 9 and MDOL Shine, to regards to my mum's edit, where they're not even airing what she's retaliating to. So they're just showing her reaction to something quite fucked (laughs) and then they're just putting it with nothing to make it look like she's just having a go at him over nothing which I guess they've done to you and as well throughout the season yeah absolutely so I think there's I guess an elephant in the room that wasn't aired and it was pretty much the base of our relationship and why we weren't getting along so yeah when you remove the context from what we're actually talking about this is the end product and it just looks like we're seeing something that no one else is seeing which is exactly what's happening I got told as well during filming that Jake would often get quite drunk and behave. I mean, I think the word was even aggressive was 
dropped from other contestants who witnessed it and basically just said that he couldn't handle his alcohol and he would carry on a bit. Is that true? Like I can't talk on someone else's actions. I would never understand. I can only in my mind try, I guess, reason and justify. And I guess that's the kind of person I am. So again, not to defend Jake and his actions, but the experiment is such like a pressure cooker environment. I think Jake didn't know how to control his emotions and was playing an end game at the start with me, maybe not necessarily towards the end, but Jake actually even sat down with me and spoke about how he tried to sabotage the relationship from day one. Oh, why? Uh, I don't think he even knew why. I guess a few things have come out since the show that make me realise possibly why. That was one of our commitment ceremonies as well, actually. All of that got edited out, but that was that's something that actually caused me to write leave as well. So when you say you tried to leave the show, when was that and what do you mean by that? Oh, many times. I, I can't even tell you how many times I tried to leave the oh, show. Oh, really? When fabricated it was and that I, you know, wasn't able to get, you know, an authentic relationship from Jake. So after Bryce and I had our conflict at the second dinner party, when it came to the third dinner party, I didn't want to continue to speak to Bryce about his lies and gaslighting and all of his healthy behaviour towards Melissa. And so we were actually getting along mutual. I wouldn't say I was engaging in conversation with him. I kindly thanked Bryce and Melissa for writing the letter towards Jake and I because it did help our relationship at that stage. I guess 10 minutes into the dinner party, I got pulled out for my Voxy, which I thought was weird. I had nothing to talk about. And as soon as I jumped into my Voxy, Tara, the executive producer, was actually standing there. Uh, and she's not someone to ever just jump into a boxy. And she told me that it doesn't make sense to the viewer, Bryce and I, not arguing. And that I am not doing Melissa any favours by not bringing this topic up again. I guess this was a little bit of a trigger for me because I have had someone close to me actually commit suicide over a domestic violent relationship. Wow. Now, I don't see what happens behind closed doors with Bryce and Melissa, I only seen what happens on the couch at the commitment ceremonies. And there was obvious signs of Bryce putting Melissa down and making her feel special because he wanted to spend time with her, but wouldn't allow her to spend time with, I guess, even myself. I used to spend time with Bryce and Melissa before the confrontation with Jake. We actually got along really well. And then all of a sudden, Melissa wasn't able to hang out with me or speak to me. And that was even before I addressed Bryce and his secret girlfriend. Tara told me that I need to help Melissa. And by sitting there and keeping my mouth shut, it makes me look like I'm the liar and I'm letting Bryce get away with his behavior. And obviously, I had a few drinks in by this point as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of did pinch a nerve in me to be like, you know what, maybe I do need to say something. And we already knew that if the drama didn't happen, you know, we were going to be there all night long at these dinner parties. They will go and go and go until they have enough content. So do they actually say that to you? Yeah, they did. Yeah. And I didn't want to poke the bear, but I did a few times. I did just ask Bryce what's going on. You're acting very different tonight. Small questions like that. And even Jake was like, what are you doing? You've come back in a different mood. And I told Jake, I said, I've been told this by Tara. He then went off to go find Tara (laughs) and give her a piece of his mind. He was not okay with it. He knew how uncomfortable I felt. And I actually addressed this in the Kyle and Jackie O interview I did, but just to clarify what I was talking about with Bryce, after this um, dinner party, when we finally got to go home, I seen him going into his room. It was probably like three in the morning. And I just called out to him and I just wanted to say to him, because I felt so ashamed and so guilty that, you know, I, I did try to start something with him knowing normally he blows up like an absolute firecracker uh, and he didn't. So I just said to him like, good work. I'm glad you kept your call tonight. And that was that. At that point, that's when I did not want to be in the experiment anymore. I wasn't able to be myself 
every day, all the questions that I were getting was literally just around rice and what happened in the gym. It lost track of what our relationship was about. I found as soon as my truth came out around what Bryce had said to me, it was like every producer had been given the agenda of the day and it was, let's investigate this further. Let's let's investigate Bryce and this secret girlfriend. And I find like the show just lost its meaning. It wasn't about love anymore and it wasn't helping Jake and I fall in love, especially when the experts on the couch aren't, I guess, giving you genuine advice they've all got earpieces in they're listening to the producers and they're just responding to any questions they need to get the footage they need so um yeah I wanted out I wanted to pack my bags and absolutely leave and Jake and I had had a conversation about this and Jake agreed that the experiment was just too much things had already happened between us and he wasn't very I guess proud of and so the week after we both committed to right leave and that was it we thought we were getting out of there And that was the, I think, third commitment ceremony. That was the next day after that dinner party. And you both said we're going to write leave. Yep. And we both wrote leave. And um, as everyone obviously seen, we... You stayed. (laughs) Yeah. So let's get to that, shall we? (laughs) Why did you both stay if you had both decided you were going to leave? So this is what I mean when I refer to this show as jail. Uh, Jake and I had made pact to leave and we thought they might try persuade us to stay, tell us they'll stop putting us in situations where they actually are trying to get us to fight. We actually sat down that night and had this full conversation about every little thing that they had done that had caused retaliation from both of us. So we had agreed that the show was not helping us. It was hindering us if we were ever going to be authentic and give it a chance. And with Jake playing his games on camera, I started playing them back with him. It was very toxic. The commitment ceremonies, we usually get ready about 3 p.m. Um, we got ready. We told the producer that we were going to write leave and they obviously shoot back to Tara what everyone's decision is so she knows how many couples are going home. So when she found out that we both had written leave, Jake got put in a room by himself. I got put in a room by myself with a producer who I think for a good hour tried to convince me to stay. And obviously you guys are the one of the main couples on the show. They didn't want you to leave and there had already been how many? Three couples who had left by this stage, right? Yeah, that's right. So we thought we could just leave. Like, you know, we've seen three other couples. It would be well, a piece of pie. Well, isn't that the point of the show? If both of you write leave, you're allowed to leave? That is meant to be the point of the show. And unfortunately... I can't say that the show has any credibility towards wanting to leave a relationship. Like I think it actually promotes domestic violence. If anyone ever wants to leave a relationship and feels the need to do so, they should be able to. So Mm. the fact that you both wrote leave and yet you're still not allowed to leave the show, like that just says it all really. Yeah. Well, we were, we were both quite confident with our decision. I wanted out. I even remember just thinking like finally freedom tonight I finally get to be free and regain control of what I say and do it was such an overwhelmingly like exciting feeling I told all my family and friends I'm out I'm free and I think they ended up keeping us maybe four hours at this stage the commitment ceremony had been delayed they refused to drive us to the warehouse us girls that were back at the apartments but I wouldn't change my mind. So they finally drove us there. They had to even buy me Nando's on the way because they hadn't fed and I demanded food because, you know, it, it was ridiculous. It'd been hours. Then I had Tara come speak to me and again, try throw everything under the sun. You know, it, it's only a few days. In fact, it's only 10 more days until you leave. You can't leave the show. We need you here. You're our favorite. Everyone's going to love you. Like you've got to give this a shot. Like, what's 10 more days of your life? Like, what are you even going back to? Like, questions over and over and over to manipulate you into staying. And the great thing is Jake and I didn't budge. They even let us demic ourselves, both Jake and I, and talk together because Jake wanted to know where my head was at after the hours and hours of questioning. And as soon as I seen him obviously demiked, I just said, like, I'm so glad you've stuck it out. <laughs> I was worried that you would cave. Like in the back of my mind, I thought, shit, like he's going to write stay and I'm stuck here another week. It literally and, um, sounds like you're it. prisoners, like, and they're torturing you with these <laughs> methods. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. I honestly felt that way. 
And it actually, this is how it actually unfolded that night. We actually um, did half the commitment ceremony. Bryce had gone on and then said I was a bully. And Tara had then pulled us out for our halfway break at this stage and said, you can't leave. You can't let him say that to you and then just leave the show. Like you're not standing up for women across this country, you know, if you do this rah, rah, rah. They know how to push your buttons, don't they? They know how to, you know, manipulate you with things that they know that will change your mind. Manipulation tactics. Stuck to my ground. I wanted out. Jake wanted out. I just wanted out of that relationship so badly. And I think everyone had seen that we'd written leave. Everyone knew. And it's quite interesting because what happened was a producer came up to me and said, Beck, Jake's writing stay. Do you want to write stay as well? Or do you want to look like the bad guy and write leave and have to stay anyway? And I just thought in my mind, he's cracked, right? <laughs> After all these hours, he's given up, he's given in. And I was like tired at this. So we're talking three in the morning before you guys see us on the couch. And I just said, well, give me a fresh thing of paper. I'm not going to do a Bryce. I'm not going to cross it out and then write stay. Like, give me a fresh sheet. <laughs> so they run over to Jake and they say, Jake, Beck's writing stay. And he goes, oh, my God, she's cracked. Wow. So, so they've double-crossed you. <laughs> oh, they've double-crossed us big time thinking we wouldn't find out. So then what happens is Target tries get, getting me all excited. Like, oh, you're going to a retreat. It's going to be fun. You won't be, you know, locked in your room because at that time we weren't allowed to do anything other than stay in the apartments. Really trying to pump up the week for me, you know, because she knew I was in an absolute foul mood. I just said, get me on that couch and off that couch. I don't want to be on there for any longer than five minutes. I'm going to say happy Daisy Roses and then don't question me. Don't get John questioning me and gaslighting me. It's not happening tonight. <laughs> Before we sit on the couch, so we all get to reconvene back into the room. Before we sit on the couch, Jake and I look at each other and I said to him, I can't believe you cracked. And obviously we're mic'd so they can hear us. He turns to me and goes, what do you mean? And my eyes just light up and all you hear is everybody out of the room now. Beck this way, Jake that way now. No talking. Move, 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 move. They had realized that we had realized that we'd been stitched up and they had lied to us. The rest of the cast were like, what the hell is going on right now? Jake loses his absolute crap and I'm good on him, hats off. He goes up to this producer and he's just like, I love you as a producer, but guess what? You just lied to us. Tara comes out trying to defuse the situation. She's like, oh, I didn't know that happened. I had no idea. And then even the producer's like, no, that's not what happened. Like, I thought she was writing stay and I thought you were writing stay. At this point, I'm literally saying, it's not okay to keep us here and to lie to us. Our mental health is shot. We are not okay to be here. We do not want to be here. And Tara then goes to me, look, you both right now have stay written on your cards, which means that in your mind at some stage, you have agreed to be here. So why don't we just give it a shot? She goes, it's 10 days and I promise you, you can leave in 10 days. And I said, fine. I said, let's do it. I, at that very moment, didn't realize until I left the show how defeated I was I'd given up on my own freedom of speech and I remember going home well not going home going back to the apartments that night um feeling like I was in jail feeling like I had yeah I I felt defeated trapped yeah I was absolutely trapped in a relationship I no longer wanted to be in in an experiment that had no credibility in my eyes surrounded by you know some wonderful people don't get me wrong but not my family and my friends and my freedom. And I had that taken away from me that night. When you hit your breaking point and that point of like, nah, I'm done. And then when you had in your mind that you were going home, like that must've been crushing to then be like, now I've got to stay and endure another 10 days or whatever it was. Like you were really set on leaving. You thought you were going. Yeah, it was, it was traumatizing. It was traumatizing. Did they ever offer you like, we'll get you a psychologist to talk to or like a support person to talk to so you can talk through some of these issues that you're feeling and some of these, because you were feeling trapped and unhappy, I guess, did they ever offer any type of support like that? Someone you could talk to and vent a little bit? Yeah. So they had an on-site psychologist. However, she was just deaf ears. Everything you said to her goes back to the exec producer. So they know what's really going on in your head and it's nothing confidential. So it's not a confidential chat. They don't even have anyone there that you can speak to confidentially. Absolutely not. They say it is, but you know it's not, even from the small things that Tara had said to me. And there was even one stage... Tara said to me, like, if I knew Jake was like this, I wouldn't have put him on my show. And I felt even in those stages, like, what injustice have I done to put myself in this position where I'm, I've lost my voice. I came on this show with confidence and respect for myself and boundaries and such a caring person sticking up for other women and 
creating such a support network when I got there and I felt like it just had everything that I stood for had disappeared in the blink of an eye. So they literally crush you until you're like a shell of your former self, I guess. And you're basically just at their beck and call doing whatever they force you to do. Absolutely. I think I zombie through the rest of the show from that point, especially because I was then counting down the days till I could leave, which was 10 days. And in those 10 days where I should have gone home, they put me in an unsafe environment where I was actually assaulted and they still, knowing that they'd kept me there against, I guess, my will, had put me in that position and still didn't even apologise or remove Bryce from the show, yet that was far worse than even getting me to stay there in my eyes. It's basically reflective of a domestic violence situation in the real world where people want to leave and they either can't or they don't and then it leads to actual assault. So that's literally what happened to you. Yeah, absolutely. I know how unique my experience was on the show and I felt in some stages I owed it to production. However, now looking back at it, I was I was brainwashed. I had mm. turned into their puppeteer and I fell straight into their hands. Let's talk about that uh, assault incident with Bryce. You said it was a lot worse than what was shown, which I've heard from pretty much all of the contestants as well. And I think we even, you know, they didn't show the footage that they had been promoting for weeks and weeks and weeks. For some reason, right before they went to air, they decided to not show that footage. Can you talk about what actually went down during that incident? Yes. So producers were constantly trying to set up confrontation between Bryce and I, which obviously included questions about Bryce, why Bryce and Melissa aren't at the event, how we're all feeling. And everyone there was adults. I never tried to change anyone's perception on Bryce as a person. I voiced how I felt, but I wish I had that kind of power, but I don't. At this stage of the experiment, everyone had had enough of Bryce and the way he was not just treating myself or Melissa, but the entire group. With the incident with Bryce, it was not the kiss, the smart-ass kiss that actually traumatized me from this experience it was him actually grabbing my arm and trying to pull me up in front of my peers and then kiss me production obviously shut down as soon as this happened Bryce and Jake almost got physical where producers were holding those two apart because Jake just seen red when he seen the way Bryce had actually treated me and that wasn't Um, shown they didn't show them you know coming to a physical altercation which they did promote yes they promoted it and they decided not to show it I'm not Again, I'm not sure why they changed their mind on it. But again, it doesn't quite fit Jake's storyline. And it's interesting because it's one of the reasons why I wrote leave the week after. Given that I was meant to be leaving anyway, I needed an excuse to be writing leave regardless. I wanted out the week before. And they decided not to air what actually happened where Jake didn't actually check on how I was and it kind of makes it out like he did. But he wanted affection. He wanted to be like this power couple after it happened and I was feeling very vulnerable and just didn't want him touching me in that way like I just wanted some downtime by myself and he took that the wrong way and started swearing and cursing carrying on and off he went I just didn't appreciate that kind of behavior it was always I guess with Jake and I the thing that I found hard in the relationship was every time something went wrong he wanted me to make sure he was okay and it wasn't ever I guess, about myself. And then if he ever did anything wrong throughout the experiment, he would always blame me. Let's say he had a rough night out on the drink. It would be my fault because he didn't know how to take me or didn't know how to understand my emotions or whatever it would be. It would always be finger pointing back at me. So that was my reason for wanting to leave yet again, the relationship the week after. And we'd agreed to leave. And unfortunately they had convinced Jake, you know, to stay in the experiment. So he had written stay at that stage. And I got made aware before we got on the couch that that was going to be the case. So can you talk about what actually went down with the Bryce assault that we didn't get to see? Obviously, Bryce felt like like he was treating it like it was a competition and there was a hierarchy from the get-go. He was even calling the house I was staying at the palace and he lived there with his queen, which was quite interesting (laughs) in my eyes. So when he decided to attend the pizza night that Johnny and Kerry had put on for us, I had not spoken to him once. I had not engaged in conversation. I know a few other couples hadn't either. They just chose not to based on obviously what happened the night before where it got heated and Jake and Bryce nearly ended in altercation. Um, However, it wasn't the kiss that actually really upset me with Bryce. It was the fact that he grabbed me by the arm 
forcefully and try to pull me up in front of all my peers. And like I spoke about before, I have a trigger when it comes to domestic violence. I had someone so close to me commit suicide over her not being able to escape from a relationship that was so toxic. And in this instance, I felt that I was, like I said, like I didn't want to be there in the first place. I'd already lost my freedom of speech. And now I had a male standing over me trying to pull me up in front of my peers and make a fool of me. Jake's just seen red. Jake went to punch on straight away. Producers had to get involved and pull them apart. And even after that, as I was walking up the stairs with some other producers, Bryce noticed me and started yelling just absolute like horrible things out to me as I was walking and it really fired me up I could have gone for him myself you know (laughs) I don't blame Jake for his behavior at all for wanting to get physical with Bryce at this stage I wanted to as well that's not the reason I wrote leave you know we went into lockdown however the next day I wasn't allowed to leave my room no one had got their phones back so we hadn't I think we hadn't had our phones now for about 45 hours no one was allowed to make any contact with the outside world in case this obviously got out with what had happened and Tara had to fly down to the retreat to figure out next best move so they literally tried to cover this up yeah Yeah. And I think they realized that they couldn't completely because of, I guess, how much of the storyline it was and what happened after. Everyone was so angry, which just wouldn't make sense if they cut it for everyone to all of a sudden turn on Bryce the Mm. way they did. And I was told that you tried to call the police after that incident. Yep. So I wasn't allowed my phone. So there was no calling the police, but I knew like I'd probably be able to go the next day. And then what happened the next day is... I'm only talking from third person and I'm sure someone will eventually speak up, but everyone got placed in a room without Jake and I and Bryce and Melissa to tell them that if they are fearful of Bryce, then they're fearful of Jake as well. And that's because of the aggression that Jake showed that night. The group disagreed and said they aren't scared of Jake. They're just scared of Bryce. And Tara pretty much said, well, no, it's either both of them or none of them. And obviously didn't allow Jake and I to be in that room because they didn't want us to have a voice in the situation. I then had a separate conversation with Tara by myself. Jake wasn't even there for that, where Tara just said to me, like, it's just Bryce being a douche. Like, at the end of the day, that's all it is. But I'm sorry, I can't kick him off this show because we need him. Wow, she actually said that. Yeah, she just said, I should let it go. I'm a strong woman. I've got this. It's not going to come off lightly for him. The whole group's turned on him now. They've got your full, you've now got their full support. She said, if you really want to, I'll drive you down to the police station to make a statement if you really want to right now. And I normally, if I still had my confidence and my strength and my voice, I would have 100%. And I feel like I've actually let women down by not reporting the incident. Because that's probably how a lot of women without a voice feel when they're in those situations. Mm. It won't happen again. He was just being stupid. Justifying his actions to me convinced me not to go down there because I didn't want the group to feel like I had them down by taking it further because they had just had a meeting saying that they didn't feel unsafe around Bryce, which I was really surprised about. But I didn't actually know the context of what Tara had said in that meeting. So it sounds like she was gaslighting you as well by saying... It wasn't as bad as you're making it out to be or that you think it was, you know, basically downplaying your experience. Absolutely. And they didn't even leave it just there. They made Jake and I sit on the grass and actually talk about this experience when we were allowed to start filming again, which was late that afternoon. In fact, I think it was even the next day. And they purposely made Bryce and Melissa walk past while we were sitting on the grass to go to their activity for the day and I I'll just be honest I completely lost it I lost it at the producers I lost it at Tara's two little executive producers and told them that it wasn't good enough I was not going to sit there and get triggered that way as soon as I seen him I actually started shaking and I didn't know what would normally happen when I seen him again but I was so frustrated with the way they were trying to set me up Mm. and I remember this producer turning around to me because I said I refuse to keep filming and she pointed at me and said don't you dare tell me what footage I do or do not need this is my show not yours so I suggest you get back there and finish the scene wow and I'd obviously lost my confidence and voice by this stage I felt like there was no other way than to finish the conversation so I did just sit down and Jake could say I was very uncomfortable so I I didn't say much. I just literally sat there and just, I think I gave a few mm, 
so I could leave. And that was the end of the retreat for us. And that's when I knew I'm going home tomorrow. As soon as we get to the dinner party, that's it. And I, I literally get to go home. And that's all I was waiting for. I had 48 hours left and I was out of there. It was my tunnel of hope. So you actually said to producers that you felt unsafe around Bryce. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. I said I felt unsafe around Bryce. I gave every reason under the sun why he should not be there. I said if he's happy with Melissa, they can both leave and continue their relationship outside the experiment. You guys are the ones keeping me, like wanting me here right now. And I honestly do not feel safe around him. And I wasn't the only one to voice that. Many of them said that they did not feel safe around Bryce. And they did not want to be left alone with Bryce. And Tara's response was, I'll make sure that you guys are not left alone with him. And is that why he didn't go to the next dinner party? No. So he went to that one. That's when, to make me feel safe in their eyes, they placed Jake and I at one end of the dinner table and Bryce and Melissa are at the polar opposite end. So, but you're still in the same room as him and still having some sort of interaction with him. So when you said you felt unsafe, they did nothing. They basically downplayed it and tried to say that it wasn't as bad as you were making it out to be. Yeah. Tara said, I've watched it and we don't have like the greatest angle, but it's not as bad as what you're making it out to be. But she wasn't in the situation. You were in the situation. Yeah, that's right. And what they shown on TV wasn't even the extent of what actually happened. And regardless of even if he didn't grab my arm, let's say he did just go in for the kiss. Any person who like obviously Bryce and I have not got along from day dot, any person to think it's okay to come into my personal space and invade that. I just don't know. You learn that when you're two years old. Like, I don't understand how Bryce got himself into that situation to this day. I don't know where his values and his morals lie. However, disrespecting women seems to be a hot topic for him. I think it was more the intent behind it because people were saying, oh, he just went in to kiss her on the cheek. And it's like, well, no, because his intent was to intimidate you. And he knew that you didn't want him to kiss, even kiss him on the cheek. And it was done like in an aggressive way. So that was the the whole thing behind it. It wasn't just a situation where you see your friend in the street and you go up to them and you're like, hey, how are you? It was in that situation where you were already arguing, there was already tension and he's come over intentionally to make you feel intimidated and it was done with aggression. So, you know, any woman being touched without consent or made to feel intimidated, that is abuse, that's assault, which is on the, for anyone listening, it's actually on the New South Wales government website. That's what they classify assault as. And I do, I feel like I've let women down by not setting the example and going to the police station that day. But I can see why some people don't report these things. When you see all over the news, like, I guess, extreme situations, not saying that this is an extreme one, but where body found woman has been lit on fire by her husband and there was no signs of domestic violence that were reported. But there's all the signs there. It's just that she didn't have a voice strong enough. She had a voice, but she wasn't strong enough to go and express that because she didn't feel like she'd be heard. It just goes against deaf ears. And that's Mm. why so many women these days are dying because of men. That's what I was saying in the Jamie interview. You know, it doesn't start as physically assaulting someone all the time. It starts off as small things that happen and then it gradually gets worse and worse. So it's like the more you let it go, the worse it gets, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where they were playing against my mind. I was like, if he thinks it's okay to do that to me, what does he think is okay to do? even to Melissa. And Mm. what I was seeing with Melissa is no boundaries in a relationship. And it was frustrating to watch. It was frustrating for the whole of Australia to watch. And I guess, like you said, you had a friend in a similar situation as Melissa. So that would have been really triggering for you and something that I guess you feel passionate about defending. Absolutely. Because I was in a situation where I didn't save someone in my eyes. I let them down. I didn't do enough to keep them here to this very day. And I will always wear that with me no matter where I go and that person's obviously quite close with my mum as well so for her to see Mm. I guess the unedited uh, versions as well of our commitment ceremonies I think it was just triggers for her in there where it was small things that she had seen that started something major in previous relationships she had been I guess exposed to and she didn't mean to lash out on Jake the way it was shown like I said, we were talking about like a specific thing, but I'm so proud of my mum to actually talk up and hold her spot against this because it's obviously a serious topic that we both are quite fond of when it comes to respect and boundaries in a relationship. Because I, w- I was surprised that they did air a little bit of what had happened. I think the platform Married at First Sight have to really bring up these topics is amazing. However, they had an opportunity to, I guess, shine some light on 
something very real. And it got brought to my attention that every single comment or opinion that Australia had around Bryce and what happened was actually getting deleted from the social media platforms. And all it was leaving was the comments where people may have seen it from Bryce's side and were leaving just the comments about my behavior and my response to the situation. So anyone who was reading it would have only seen the hate comments towards myself and my behavior rather than what had actually happened with Bryce. Yes, actually someone in the Facebook group did a post on this and they were like, hey, I just wrote all these comments calling out the producers and Bryce for this abusive incident that was shown and they're deleting them and they actually screenshot the comments that were being deleted and it was basically anyone calling out like this is assault this is abuse how could you air this they just deleted them so yeah like you said when you went on the page and looked at the comments it just looked like no one was calling it out so a lot of people were then coming to my page and putting those comments on my page obviously because I wasn't going to delete them but that's just crazy they're going to even further extremes to cover it up and make it appear like no one's outraged when there was heaps of people who were outraged they were just being silenced yeah and I think the worst thing for me was I was already feeling like my rights and voice had been taken away from me and then all of a sudden I was seeing that happen to Australia it was horrible it was it was so hor- I stopped watching the show from that moment I actually haven't even watched the final dinner party or reunion or anything I couldn't watch it anymore it must be triggering for you watching it back you know reliving it all in my mind when I went on the show I thought I'd be sitting with people today talking about the experience that they seen rather than what actually happened is this and it's been horrible because I'm having to then relive all the things that actually did happen and be explaining and kind of like trying to justify myself when I don't want to I want to talk about the bigger issues here and the things that are happening in our day-to-day society rather than sitting here going actually that was never said that was edited that you know it didn't happen in that context and I think that's been the hardest thing for me that's right I think as well you know people were saying this shouldn't even be aired I actually disagree I do think it's fine to air this type of behavior if they're going to call it out so for example I remember they said they aired some of Bryce and Melissa and the experts called it a complex relationship and they just downplayed it and they never once said, you know, Bryce, that you're showing like abusive tendencies here, be- abusive behavior towards M- Melissa, coercive control, which as a psychologist, they should know all of these terms. So that was my issue with it. It's like air the behavior and call it out so that everyone can learn from it and everyone in society can be better for it because that is happening in society. But the fact that they basically gaslit the audience into thinking that that wasn't bad, that's where my issue with it lies. A hundred percent. And I think even during the show, I was like, wow, Melissa's so great for standing by Bryce's side. And that was me literally in my toxic frame of mind where I just lost myself. After the show, I was like, hang on a second. This is the prime example of a relationship that has no boundaries. And Melissa is a wet blanket in my eyes. There's nothing healthy about not having boundaries in a relationship and when seeing them cross, allowing someone to publicly walk all over you the way I seen Bryce do it to Melissa. And I wish I, I actually wish I didn't hold back and said a little bit more. Well, I disagree. I think that you were amazing. You were one of the only people who were calling Bryce out multiple times. So, you know, I'm, I've always been supporting you because of that, because I think it takes a lot of courage and guts to stand up to someone like that, like you did. So well done. Yeah, well, I had obviously constantly called out his behaviour the first time because I wanted to, but even the way that was aired, I know people were saying I should have just went to Melissa. It doesn't work that way in this show. They don't allow you to just go see someone. But to put some more context on what actually happened with this secret girlfriend, Uh, Jake and I actually walked into that dinner party not knowing there was a rumor. I had, I guess, a really good relationship with some of the girls on the show and had told them what Bryce had said to me and said, I have no evidence. I don't know what to do. They decided to tell their partners and their partners decided to tell everyone pretty much. Jake and I had no idea that it had turned into Bryce had a secret girlfriend. So when we had walked into this dinner party, it was news to our ears. Now I'd said to Jake, like, I don't know if he has said that to someone else, but I do know something and I shouldn't just keep it. Like I'm going to have to say something. So I actually went up to Bryce at the cocktail party and said, look, you know, we had a conversation. I don't know where this girlfriend stuff has come from, but I know that, you know, some things have been said. So I suggest you take Melissa away right now and tell her those things. Like it has to come from your mouth. And he just looked at me and said, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, okay, 
I just want you to take in what I've said because obviously maybe you're feeling really shocked that there's this rumor. I'm going to give you a second chance now. Go tell Melissa right now what you said to me and she needs to hear it from you. He goes, no, you're more than capable of telling everyone here. He was obviously in defense mode straight away. I said, Bryce, third and final call. Tell her now or I'm telling her. And that's when he decided to keep his mouth shut. So I told Melissa what I knew about the secret girlfriend. I didn't reveal anything else about him telling me I'm the hottest or, you know, him giving me his number. I I said none of those things because I felt they were irrelevant. I just wanted to shut the rumor down. And everyone can back me here. But even at the dinner party, I said to everyone, to make this clear, Bryce never told me he had a girlfriend. I'm giving you the information I know and I'm only speaking my truth here. And obviously on TV, they've edited it like I've gossiped, I've told everyone about this and then I've gone to attack him at the dinner party, which is not the case. It's not how it happened. So I think you mentioned this on Kyle and Jackie O and I think a lot of people were confused because obviously I knew what you meant, but I think what you said was taken out of context a lot. So I think people, when you did that interview, they interpreted that as producers made the whole thing up and put you up to confronting Bryce about these rumors but what you meant from what I'm gathering was that you knew what he had told you you didn't know about the rumors outside of that so there was the rumors and then there was also what he had told you separately and you didn't know about the rumors but you knew what he had told you and then I guess together it just added to the story 100% that's exactly what it is so everyone just listens to little pieces I guess and gathers up their own own story but this is exactly what happened there's no ifs or buts about it no producers were involved in this I was just unaware of the rumor so potentially producers held the rumor away from Jake and I it was quite interesting everyone knew about it including Bryce except for Jake and I so that's the only thing I think they may have invested in that but I just sat there and spoke my truth and he decided to deny it so when he did come on Kyle and Jackie O, let's quickly talk about that. He obviously just took over the center stage and tried to piggyback on my truth to make it look like he had truth in what he was saying. I am not giving Bryce any credibility to what came out of his mouth on the Kyle and Jackie O interview. I don't know if that stuff is true. It might be true, but I'm not here to defend his back on anything he said. To be honest, it sounded unconvincing to me, like some of the stuff He was saying around, you know, calling the cops on producers and things. I highly doubt it. But it's quite interesting that he decided to jump on and piggyback on that because I haven't heard from Bryce since. All I know that he has been, you know, writing some pretty horrendous stuff about me online and contributing to trolling as well as his mum thinking it's funny to make mocking memes out of me as well. So I guess, yeah, I, I don't really have much more to say about Bryce and his character. I think what goes to show is after the show, no matter what, you get to show who you are as a person. And I can't possibly act in the light that they have, I guess, portrayed me as. I will take all feedback I'm ever given, you know, and I have noticed I, I can come across quite cold. And I said it even from the start, I know I'm a bit of a sasshole and I can be <laughs> savage, but it doesn't come from of evil I've never intended to hurt anyone I was even saying to some of the girls like should I call Bryce like while it was airing like to see if he's okay and everyone's like are you high like (laughs) why why would you want to call someone who decided to like pretty much ruin you and it comes from me trying to understand why some you you know would be like that in the first place I don't understand it and I actually thought Bryce would be different after the show and maybe the show got to him and he's not like that and All I'm seeing is the true Bryce on the show is the true Bryce that is after the show. He hasn't really done much for himself to own any of his actions or apologize. And one thing I did get him to do is admit to the president on the Kyle and Jackie O interview. And the reason I did that was because I already knew that he had slipped up on this one and admitted it in another radio interview, Mm -hmm. which goes back to the very first party where he he could have cleared it up. If that was the case and it was a group present, he could have cleared it up at that dinner party. And he chose not to. I shared the video where he said there was no present. Then he said there was a present, but it was a group present. And then he said something else that didn't add up. So there's been three different versions about the present. So you're right. Yeah. And one thing I did mention throughout the show numerous times was I don't want Melissa to break up with Bryce over this. I'm not here to destroy the relationship. I'm here to make sure Melissa doesn't get walked over, that she sets boundaries and Bryce knows that he doesn't get across them. I don't care that it's not my relationship. I have been in relationships. I'm experienced with them. And I know that by having these boundaries in a relationship, you're going to have a much 
more successful and happier and healthier relationship. I think the editors haven't really done justice to anyone who was actually investing in other people's relationships on a healthy scale. It's all about the drama and that's all they were going to air. So it was really sad out of like, I don't know, 8,000 hours of footage that they had. <laughs> what act won't. It's crazy. Because there's it's- some real... Yeah, that should have got brought up. That just uh, that just got swept under the rug. Yeah, I think you're right when you say like you can be cold and savage in moments. But then I guess when you take that one moment where you make that comment, when it was, you know, the context of a whole day, it can look quite jarring. But I think people don't understand that there's 23 and a half other hours that day that didn't get shown. So it's hard. But I still really want to own some like my actions and how cold I was. I didn't actually realize how protective I am of myself in, I guess, being so scared that I am going to get hurt or I can't trust this person. I think I've always just, me is enough and being able to trust myself and love myself makes it really hard for me to bring someone else in because I've now formed, I guess, this alliance with myself where I'm like, no, I know what's best for me. These people don't know me. And I think it's from just getting hurt in the past and Obviously, to a stage where I can just put armor on and be that cold when I feel something in my gut isn't right. And my gut usually, in the past, I don't think my gut has ever gone wrong. So when I was on the experiment, I was like, no, there's, there's something more to this. And I can't quite piece together mine and Jake's relationship, even though I have three experts telling me this is meant to be. But I'm sitting there thinking, mm, well, in my audition, this is not what I asked for. So what am I missing here? And then your mind literally just gets boggled up. Like after even the assault and me wanting to go home and not being able to, I had never felt so low in my life, in my absolute life. Yeah, I can't I can't even imagine how it would have been in that situation, trapped, no one's listening to you, there's no one you could go to for help. It would be terrifying. And they're almost teaching you to go against everything that you've been taught before, to trust your gut to you know have your walls up when something doesn't feel right and they're making you doubt yourself and that natural instinct you know yeah you start to think there's something wrong with you and everyone's saying that you got the best looking guy out of what eight guys like you should be (laughs) happy and that's not what I signed up for I didn't sign up for someone that everyone perceived as a good looking guy I was like there's a real shit here like am I just beating my head against the wall is this all going to deaf ears like it was hard and wanting to even obviously leave that final night where Jake had written stay to come back to the apartments and find out that my dog was about to die. I felt like my whole life was, I actually felt like my whole life was over. I felt what had I done to deserve jail time and my one thing I care about to be taken away from me. Did you also feel guilty with the dog situation of like, you already had wanted to go home and if you didn't go home and I guess something had happened to your dog, you would never be able to live with yourself, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I felt like I was being punished in a sense for not sticking up for myself and going home and doing what's right. Like I felt like I was fighting myself and I'd never felt that way before. It was such a bizarre and horrible feeling. It was like my mind started even deleting things that were happening throughout the show because I didn't want to remember them. I wasn't eating right. I wasn't going to the gym anymore. I was sitting in my apartment waiting for time to go by. Oh, really? It really does sound like jail. It was like jail. It was people telling me what I should feel and then judging me because I wasn't feeling it. Warning. Oh my God. Okay, let's focus. Guys, if you would like to continue listening to my chat with Beck, head over now to episode 72 for part two. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. So dramatic with Megan Pacetto.